This is episode number two, the four approaches of artificial intelligence. Welcome to the Free Mind School podcast. My name is Sabrina Ebuker, former computer sciences and artificial intelligence lecturer. In each week, we bring you a fascinating subject in artificial intelligence to help you discover and understand the wonderful world of AI. Thanks to spending time with me today. Now let the class begin. Good morning from beautiful Watford. Welcome back everyone to the Free Mind School podcast. This is episode number two. I'm so excited about today's episode. We're going to discuss about artificial intelligence and explain the basic ideas behind it. Before digging deep in the subject of artificial intelligence and the basics of this fascinating science, let's have a look and see how AI was presented in science fiction. In the 70s, AI was considered as a nice technology that will allow building intelligent robots who are friends to men. These robots can help him in his daily tasks. We all remember the L3T2 and C3PO from the famous Star Wars saga. Uh, they are actually good examples of friendly AI. Later, in the 80s, a darker image of AI was introduced in science fiction. Back then, robots are smarter than humans and try to exterminate the humanity. Who didn't remember the saga Terminator? Hasta la vista, baby! In the 90s, uh, um, film producers were more interested in software AI than robotics. A good example of this is the famous Matrix saga. Well, today, today's series show seems to be very close to what is happening, actually, <laughs> at the same time in the tech industry. Neuralink that we talked about during our last podcast seems to be directly taken from a Black Mirror episode. Concretely, we may ask if artificial intelligence have made it possible to achieve what science fiction predicted. Today, advances in AI, especially in machine learning, allows for increasingly sophisticated applications. Deep learning now allows the machine to learn independently, and the debate is still open. Can the machine learn to create inventions more intelligently than man himself? Well, the aim of the free mind school podcast is to participate in this captivating debate by trying to explain some basics of AI. Let's see how researchers in artificial intelligence uh, have started all this uh, evolution. Well, they tried to build machines or computers that would have certain intelligence. And among the scientific community, 
uh, it has been four ways to see what is called artificial intelligence. So the first approach, researchers try to copy the intelligence of the human being. That is to say, building machines that think like the human being. Intelligence is considered um, being um, the thinking process of human being. So the researchers try to simulate, meaning copying, the thinking process of human being. And uh, how they did that is by using the principles of cognitive sciences. It turns out that copying the human thought process, thinking process, is not easy at all. So far, we have not been able to understand how the human brain works. So artificial intelligence researchers thought instead of trying to copy the intelligent way in man thinking, they, will tr they, they tried to copy his action since uh, an intelligent action is only the result of an intelligent thought, isn't it? So, they try to build machines that act like man. So, we are no more in trying to copy in the thinking process because it's too hard, but we try in this approach to copy, to act, to, to, to build machines that act like man. That is to say, to copy his actions without worrying about how the machine may have succeeded. The aim is to achieve a behavior like that we expect from, from a man. If I ask a student to hurry up and close the door, for example, uh, in the amphitheater, and if he has to take a certain path, the shortest one, for example, a machine that would copy him uh, must be able to behave like this student. So here, the machine, we don't worry if the machine with its camera has opened the door and taken his direction, or without camera, it has other distance sensors, for example using geometrical calculus to reach its goals. Here we don't want to copy the man in his thinking process, but we aim only to reach the same result as him. So whatever the way the machine will do it. In the second ap approach, where uh, uh, researchers are interested in building machines that act like men, uh, artificial intelligence can be presented as a black box, which has as an input the data of the problem and as an output the expected results. This definition is close to the one proposed by Alan Turing in his famous test. Alan Turing has proposed a test in the 50s. If you want to learn more, I would advise you to see the, the movie, The Imitation Game, an interesting movie about his life. He is considered actually as the father of uh, computer science. So, what is this famous Turing test? Let's explain it. In this test, we have a couple, a man we're going to call Alex, and a woman we are going to call Bichette. And we have a person, a third person, that we are going to call C. The couple are in a separate room from the player C.
The aim for the, of the game for C is to determine or to decide who is the woman and who is the man, based on the following rules. So C, the player, can ask questions such as, uh, can Alex tell me how long her hair is? Of course, C, he can't hear the voices uh, and the answers are written um, on a typewriter, so he can decide the, according to the voice. In this game, Alex, the man, has to mislead C. For example, he can answer by saying, I have my hair cut in square. The longest is about 50 centimeters. Bichette, on the other hand, the woman, helps C by giving only correct answers. For example, I'm the woman, not listen to him. But of course, Alex can say whatever he wants, so he can say the same thing. So this won't help C at all. When are we gonna say that a machine has passed the Turing tests? Actually, what we're gonna do is to replace Alex the man by this machine. So we do have two games now. The first game, C is gonna play against a man, Alex. In the second game, he's gonna play against the machine. So if he fails, um, if uh, if uh, he fails uh, as often as when he played with Alex the man. As when he played with the machine, we can say that this machine has uh, passed the Turing tests. Today, we know that programming a computer that uh, succeeds or passes the test, the Turing test, uh, uh, needs a lot of work. In your opinion, what kind of skills, if you can say so, or intelligence? must a computer have to be able to pass the Turing test? Could you think about it? First of all, uh, the computer, be replacing Alex, need uh, natural language processing skills. This, this skill will enable to communicate effectively in English, to communicate with uh, the player C and to, to, answer, to answer the questions. Uh, secondly, uh, he needs the skills of uh, what we call in computer science knowledge management. These skills or this ability will allow him to store what he hears and what he knows. So he has to store them somewhere, like we humans store in our memory. Uh, also, uh, there is what we call automatic rezoning in order to use the information provided to answer the questions and also to be able to, to, do, to, to, sorry, to, to, to deduce new conclusions. Another point is that uh, the machine that will be replacing Alex must have uh, must be able to learn what we call in computer science again machine learning capabilities. Uh, we're gonna have uh, another podcast talking about machine learning, but basically is the capacity is the ability to learn 
uh, independently from others, which means I have an information and as a machine, I'm able to learn something new from this information. So don't worry, in this podcast, we're going to talk about machine learning. So for machine to pass the Turing test or what we call the total Turing test, uh, this machine should be equipped with a computer vision program and as well as robotics to be able to uh, to see things and answer questions and also robotics to be able to pass uh, things or objects to the, to the player C. Congratulations! Now you know the six major uh, field of research of artificial intelligence. Turing has the merit of designing a test that is still valid 60 years later. But researchers are currently trying to solve each uh, problem, each discipline independently. Instead of building a machine that is able to do the six things, which is natural language processing, knowledge management, automatic reasoning, machine learning, they tried to resolve each problem uh, independently uh, from the other one. Also computer vision and robotics. Uh, in the conclusion we can say of this approach, we can say that uh, from the Turing test, we have six fields or six fields of study of research of artificial intelligence. We have natural language processing, knowledge management, automatic reasoning, machine learning, computer vision, and robotics. Well, let's recall what we have learned till now. The researchers in artificial intelligence try to build intelligent machines based on two approaches. The first approach is to try to copy the, f- the thinking process of the human being. It's too hard, we don't know the brain, how it works, so we can do it. The second approach is to copy the human being in his actions. And we discussed the, the Turing test and, and we discussed also the sixth field, research field that are, um, that are the basic of artificial intelligence research nowadays. Now let's discuss the third way or the third approach that scientists believe that could build intelligent machine. In this approach, researchers try to build machines that think rationally. But wait, wait, wait. What is rational thinking? Let's take a famous example of Socrates where we can say that Socrates is a man, all men are mortal, therefore Socrates is mortal. This is a perfect example of what scientists call correct thinking uh, or rational thinking. Why this is called correct thinking? Because the deduction or the result, which is Socrates is mortal, is correct. So. In this attempt, scientists believe that using logic 
the machine can proceed to correct thinking or rational thinking. They considered actually that this is how the thoughts rules our human brain. But unfortunately, quickly they realized that there were two major obstacles. The first one, that it's not easy to formalize informal knowledge because it's very difficult to formulate a problem of everyday life in the form of logical code. Especially when the knowledge is not 100% certain. Let's give an example, or let's say the following example. Hopefully tomorrow I'll be in better mood. Here there is knowledge that is not certain, so how can we codify it so that the machine will be able to deduct or have its own conclusion? So this is the first obstacle or the first challenge. The second challenge or obstacle would be in the big difference between solving a problem in theory and solving it in practice. Even a problem with with few hundred facts can exceed the computational resources of any, any computer. Finally, researchers have tried to build machines that uh, not only uh, not think rationally, but instead act in a rational way. Uh, this is the approach that we call in IA rational agents. Here it is about building um, an agent, rational agent, which is a computer program that must be able to run autonomously. This agent must be also able to perceive its envi environment by seeing, by being able to see what is happening around, uh, but being able to hear what's going in his uh, own environment. So, it must have the ability also to subsist over a longer period of time and to adapt to change. This agent must, must also be able to create and achieve goals. This is the main important uh, idea behind acting rationally. Um, uh, this is to say that this agent, uh, we can say that an agent is able to act rationally if he can create and achieve these goals um, and achieve the best results and in case of uncertainty uh, to achieve the best expected results. Let's say we have a robot, which is an agent, rational agent, that uh, he, if he touch a heated cooker, he has to do a reflexive action, which is generally more efficient than rational reason, and he has to, uh, to, to take himself away from the heated cooker. 
We arrived to the end of this podcast. I had so much fun in discussing the four approaches of artificial intelligence. I hope you did too. For those of you who are interested in technology and artificial intelligence, maybe you had learned something new today. Maybe you want to learn more. You have the book that I have used for this podcast, Artificial Intelligence, A Modern Approach, uh, by Stuart G. Russell and Peter Norvik. Let me know in the comment section below uh, if you want me to explain more mysterious subjects about artificial intelligence. So with that, I would thank you all for joining me on the Free Mind School podcast, and I will talk to you very soon. Thank you.